Section 7 of Short Stories and Poems for Children, Original and Select by Unknown. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Story of Androcles There was a certain slave named Androcles, who was so ill-treated by his master that his life became insupportable. Finding no remedy from what he suffered, he at length said to himself, it is better to die than to continue to live in such hardships and misery as I am obliged to suffer. I am determined, therefore, to run away from my master. If I am taken again, I know that I shall be punished with a cruel death, but it is better to die at once than to live in misery. If I escape, I must betake myself to deserts and woods, inhabited only by wild beasts, but they cannot use me more cruelly than I have been by my fellow creatures. Therefore I will rather trust myself to them than continue to be a miserable slave. Having formed this resolution, he took an opportunity of leaving his master's house and hid himself in a thick forest which was some miles distant from the city. But here the unhappy man found that he had only escaped from one kind of misery to experience another. He wandered about all day through a vast and trackless wood, where his flesh was continually torn by thorns and brambles. He grew hungry, but he could find no food in this dreary solitude. At length he was ready to die with fatigue, and lay down in despair in a large cavern. The unfortunate man had not been long quiet in the cavern before he heard a dreadful noise, which seemed to be the roar of some wild beast and terrified him very much. He started up with a design to escape, and had already reached the mouth of a cave, when he saw coming towards him a lion of prodigious size, which prevented any possibility of retreat. He now believed his destruction to be inevitable, but, to his great astonishment, the beast advanced towards him with a gentle pace, without any mark of enmity or rage, and uttered a kind of mournful noise as if he demanded the assistance of the man. Androcles, who was naturally of a resolute disposition, acquired courage from this circumstance to examine his monstrous guest, who gave him sufficient leisure for this purpose. He saw, as the lion approached him, that he seemed to limp upon one of his legs, and that the foot was extremely swelled as if it had been wounded. Acquiring still more fortitude from the gentle demeanour of the beast, he advanced towards him, and took hold of the wounded part as the surgeon would examine his patient. He then perceived that a thorn of uncommon size had penetrated the ball of the foot, and was the occasion of the swelling and the lameness which he had observed. Androcles found that the beast, far from resenting his familiarity, received it with the greatest gentleness, and seemed to invite him by blandishments to proceed. He therefore extracted the thorn, and, pressing the swelling, discharged a considerable quantity of matter, which had been the cause of so much pain. As soon as the beast felt himself thus relieved, he began to testify his joy and gratitude by every expression in his power. He jumped about like a wanton spaniel, wagged his enormous tail, and licked the feet and hands of his physician. Nor was he contented with these demonstrations of kindness. From this moment Androcles became his guest nor did the lion ever sally forth in quest of his prey without bringing home the produce of the chase and sharing it with his friend in this savage state of hospitality did the man continue to live during several months at length 
wandering unguardedly through the woods he met with a company of soldiers sent out to apprehend him and was by them taken prisoner and conducted back to his master the laws of the country being very severe against slaves he was tried and found guilty of having fled from his master and as a punishment for the crime he had committed he was sentenced to be torn in pieces by a furious lion kept many days without food to inspire him with additional rage when the destined moment arrived the unhappy man was exposed unarmed in the middle of a spacious arena enclosed on every side round which many thousand people were assembled to view the mournful spectacle presently a dreadful yell was heard which struck the spectators with horror and a monstrous lion rushed out of a den which was purposely set open with erected mane and flaming eyes and jaws that gaped like an open sepulchre a mournful silence instantly prevailed all eyes were turned upon the destined victim whose destruction seemed inevitable but the pity of the multitude was soon converted into astonishment when they beheld the lion instead of destroying its defenceless enemy crouch submissively at his feet fawn upon him as a faithful dog would do upon his master and rejoice over him as a mother that unexpectedly recovers her offspring the governor of the town who was present then called out with a loud voice and ordered androcles to explain to them this unintelligible mystery and how a savage of the fiercest and most unpitying nature should thus in a moment have forgotten his innate disposition and be converted into a harmless and inoffensive animal androcles then related to the assembly every circumstance of his adventures and concluded by saying that the very lion which now stood before them had been his friend and entertainer in the woods all present were astonished and delighted with the story to find that even the fiercest beasts are capable of being softened by gratitude and being moved by humanity they unanimously joined to entreat for the pardon of the unhappy man from the governor of the place this was immediately granted to him and he was also presented with the lion which had twice saved the life of androcles pussy girl pussy why for every scrubbing ever washing ever rubbing long ago the stains were gone and thy coat like velvet shone pussy why it is because i love to be spotless as a dove head and feet must all be clean dirt on me was never seen yes and every one loves pussy for her coat so bright and glossy everywhere she's free to go patted both by high and low and the reason why i guess is pussy's love of cleanliness fox and goose fox come mrs goose this lovely weather and let us take a walk together i quite admire your snow-white coat bright eyes and long and slender throat goose thank you right kindly mr fox but more i think the bolts and locks that keep you outside of the door to try elsewhere your lying lore the weather ere you came was fair but since you spoke i do declare the thought of such a walk together has changed the scene to wintry weather it was not that the air was cold but that the fox's tricks of old were all well known to mistress goose and kept her from his cunning noose for once if out of doors she'd gone he would have left her not a bone the boundary stone or landmark very many years ago a certain man lived in a nice house with pretty fields round it containing fruit trees these fields were near to a neighbour's 
and the man in the nice house whose name was james thought he should like to have a slice out of his neighbor's field so he removed the boundary stone which served as a mark between their fields and placed it farther off from his own house he did this one dark night quite slyly thinking it would never be noticed a short time after james got up into a tree to pull some cherries that grew near the stone and losing his hold he fell down on the stone that was just below and broke his neck so that you see what he got by cheating his neighbor for if the boundary stone had been left to stand in its old place no great harm would have happened to him by the fall for he would have come down upon the soft grass mark here how wicked men succeed punished by their own set and deed monkey and boy boy there he is in the apple tree you ugly thing is't you i see what business have you there i pray grinning and jumping from spray to spray monkey come boy your jibes and jeers give o'er or i'll give you a dozen knocks and more boy ho mr monkey you mean to strike so fling away as long as you like thus saying they carried the battle on the boy with cutting jibe and fun the monkey provoked and passion banging the apples down so thickly hanging a good round dozen the boy picked up and then ran off on his prize to sup the horse two thieves having stolen a horse took him with them into a wood and sat down to arrange what they should sell him for, and what share each of them should have of the money. As they could not agree about this, they soon began to fight, and another thief coming past whilst they were in the middle of the quarrel, mounted on the horse's back and rode off with him without being seen. After the two thieves had beaten each other black and blue, they saw that the horse about which they had been fighting so long was gone, thus making good the proverb that when thieves fall out, there is a chance of honest men getting their own. Although in this case it was not the real owner, but another thief who got the horse. The Bed of Pinks Oh, mother, give each of us a flower bed that we may call our own, me one, and William one, and Ellen one, and we will take care of them. So said little Frederick to his mother, and the mother let him have his wish, and gave to each of her children a flower bed full of beautiful pinks. The children were delighted with the gift, and said, When the pinks begin to blow, it will be a lovely sight. For it was then, in the spring, and the buds had only just begun to show themselves. Little Frederick was very impatient, and could not wait till the buds had opened, and he wished that his flower-bed should bloom before either of the others. He went into the garden and took a bud in his hand, looked at it, and was greatly pleased to find that a bright red leaf was already beginning to peep out of its green covering. In his eagerness, however, he broke open the bud and separated the leaves. "'Now,' cried he with a loud voice, "'see, my pink has blown!' But when the sun shone on it, the flower bowed its head, drooped and withered away. And the boy cried to see it, but there was then no help for it. Thus an impatient temper brings its own punishment. The Moss Rose The angel of the flowers one day, beneath a rose-tree sleeping lay, that spirit to whose charge tis given, to bathe young buds in dews of heaven. Awaking from his light repose, the angel whispered to the rose, O fondest object of my care, still fairest found where all are fair, for the sweet shade thou givest to me, ask what thou wilt, tis granted thee. 
then said the rose with deepened glow on me another grace bestow the spirit paused in silent thought what grace was there that the flower had not twas but a moment o'er the rose a veil of moss the angel throws and robed in nature's simplest weed could there a flower that rose exceed the bag of flax seed there was once a rich lady who grew flax in one of her fields and there came a man to her who said he dealt in that article and wished to sell her some that he said was good and came from a foreign country while hers he told her was very bad he then offered to make an exchange with her of an equal quantity of his for an equal quantity of hers and a sovereign besides as his was so much better and the lady agreed to the bargain now the man was a great rogue and thought to cheat the lady by bringing back her own seed and pretending it was the good seed which he had spoken about so that he might have the sovereign for nothing if the seed turns out bad he thought all i have to say is that it is owing to the weather or the quality of the ground where it grew so he brought the seed to the lady and in emptying it a fine gold ring fell out which belonged to the lady and which had slipped off her finger when she was measuring it out before she sent it away so she said to him you are a rogue and a cheat and this ring among the seed proves it you have brought back my own seed pretending it to be the excellent foreign seed which you wished me to take in place of giving you a sovereign i shall make you pay me one as a punishment for your roguery so the judge condemned him to pay that sum to the lady and the man's bad character became so well known that he was obliged to leave the country altogether End of section 7